Star Wars The Phantom Menace is the best episode of Star Wars. Hello and welcome to GG Replay. This is your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast where we break down the latest in gaming news hosted by us, Matt and I, the Goodnight Groofs, the place for games and a place for goofs. This is our episode today. We're workshopping that slogan, by the way. I want you to know for uh, <laughs> for Monday, September 20th, 2021. We're starting in with the hot takes. I wanted to lead us right in with uh, the hottest take, which is that The Phantom Menace is the greatest uh, Star Wars episode uh, next to, of course, Rogue, Rogue One, which is the, the true best Star Wars movie. I think Matt and I are fully on board with this. Um, I actually found, I, I took a picture of this for you, Matt, um, for those of you on the video portion of the show. I was in uh, I was in a small uh, video store the other day that actually still sold like VHSs and stuff. Wow. And they had uh, the VHS for The Phantom Menace wow. uh, there, the original VHS, which I, ha- I owned as a youth. Uh, and I, I, I almost considered buying it for you, but, uh, I thought, well, you know, what are we going to do with that? You have enough junk, but, uh, <laughs> it made me think of you cause I thought of, you're the only one I know. Yeah. This is the only place on the internet where you'll find a unanimous decision on, uh, Star Wars, the Phantom Menace being uh, the second, the best, second Star best Star Wars movie. movie with Rogue One being number one and, and all the rest being number three. All the rest far, far lower, far lower. Um, I kind of do like episode three. Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, that had a lot of great bits. I yeah. also liked episode three, but I, I could I could take or leave Attack of the Clones. Uh, I don't like almost anything in that movie. Yeah, I will uh, say that is probably my least favorite Star Wars movie. Yeah, I mean, except the great uh, Padme and Anakin romance parts. Those oh, of were, course. Those were amazing. That's those were the nearly <laughs> made it. Nearly made the cinema. entire Pinnacle of cinema. All right, well, this is a gaming podcast, and we are here to talk about gaming news. Now, you know what? Today's a little light on gaming news, so we're, we're coming in hot with some other interesting stuff to talk about. But we will break right into the episode because, you know what, we value your time here at the GG Replay. Just a reminder before we get right into this, this hot goss, uh, if you come across any necessary corrections in today's episode, please send them to ggreplayshow at gmail.com or head down to the YouTube comments below so we can address them in the next episode. Always good. Uh, Matt, I see you're drinking a Coca-Cola, not a Brad's drink today. You're getting a little bit drink. different with it. I told Rachel about that the other day. For those of you who didn't listen to the last episode, Pepsi used to be called Brad's drink for a short five-year period <laughs> at its inception. Uh, and now we're calling it Brad's drink all the time. Uh, I have my GG Replay mug full of uh, delicious coffee, if you can't tell Ooh. from the energy level that is coming out of me right now. What are we What are we talking here? Like just n- normal coffee? Any sort of flavor going on? This is... Uh, this is Tim Hortons Instant Coffee, premium roast. Big question, uh, actually. Used, How yep. do you take your coffee? Excellent, excellent question. I think we've talked about this privately, but I don't remember. I take it, uh, so if I go to, I, I take it, what I do at home with the instant coffee is I do one teaspoon of the instant coffee, like a big rounded teaspoon, and one teaspoon of sugar. Okay. But if I go to like a, a coffee place, I'll get it um, two sugars. That's Ooh. what I ask for. Sweet. I think one at a coffee place is not a lot. I, I, like, I like a little bit of sugar, and that's it. I don't do any dairy. How do you take your coffee? I'm pretty much the same exact way. I I do one sugar. I can do it just black. And I can drink a black coffee, but I would never ask for that. But if I get it, that's right. Yeah, yes, same. Some like sometimes at 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 home here. If we run out, I used Truvia. If we run out of a Truvia, and I and I want coffee, I'm not gonna like run to the store for Truvia. I'll just have the coffee black. Uh, But yeah, (laughs) I used to do. A little bit like a like a little bit of milk in the coffee. I don't I don't mm-hmm. like that anymore. I I don't I just I like it without it. 
Yeah, totally fair. I, I like it. Uh, you know, I like it mostly straight, but I need I need a little bit of something just to kind of take some of that edge off. Agreed. Uh, if anyone out there has any hot takes on Star Wars film rankings or how you take your coffee in the morning for a special little thing we're doing, wink, wink. Uh, I don't know. Feel free to email us at ggreplayshow at gmail.com. Engagement, I tell you, engage, engagement, engagement. Well, Paul, tell the people how you used to, you used to do something with the, like you had a really strong coffee. Like that used to be well, your thing. Yes. So I, at Starbucks for a long time, I went to, I had a Starbucks episode where I worked. I used to drink um, every day a triple espresso over ice. <laughs> so it's three shots of espresso in a cup with ice and that's the drink. Um, Jesus and, Christ. And you just, ideally you want to just down that as fast as possible. Uh, and then you are good for hours. And it is, a, it is some, and the first part of it is some good energy. Uh, so I, yeah, I had a lot of fun with that. I actually recently did that again for the first time in a while, uh, just because I'm kind of sick of every other Starbucks drink. I'm kind of sick of like the lattes right now, um, even though PSLs are back and I did have a delicious PSL. But um, you know, Rachel wants to get them often, and I'm just like, nah, it's, I'm just gonna have a, a triple espresso, and and you can enjoy that later tonight when I'm wired. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be getting to know the restroom pretty well if I had one. That's totally fair. Totally fair. I think I'm okay for that. But, you know, if I have two, I have had a day where I had two or I had one at night and one the next night, not at night, but like midday and then one the next morning. Um, that caused some pretty severe anxiety. <laughs> like I was like, I had to go to like Toronto the next day and we were like right downtown and it was like really busy. And my heart was, I just felt like so like, I was like an exposed nerve. I had too much coffee. This is bad. Oh my God. Um, so that is, that's be careful with triple espressos over ice. Yes. I learned that from, that was a Mark Marin drink. That's what he always drank on uh, uh oh. Mar marin oh. was a triple espresso over ice enjoyed by uh uh what are the former addicts that's like what you do can't have can't have any drugs you just have a triple espresso that'll oh, do it for you. okay all right well let's move on talk about stories in the gaming world today we're going to move around to the big story the big exciting thing for me i will tell you quantic dream you know makers of uh we got david cage makers of heavy rain uh beyond two souls detroit become human is working on a Star Wars game. So, uh, yeah, French YouTuber Gautos uh, made the claim in a video la late last week, uh, and that claim has since been corroborated by industry insider Tom Henderson. Uh, in an article on Dual Shockers, Tom Henderson further said that this inside source says the game has been in development for around 18 months, which is, you know, I have not looked at the development timelines for other uh games in quantic dream but i imagine that's like pretty far along which is good to see and uh gato's uh claims that after quantic dreams three game contract and it was sony that's the previous three games i mentioned they struck a deal with disney which is pretty interesting because you know i think there's a lot of you know desire for narrative games for these disney properties marvels you know star wars that kind of stuff so pretty cool to see uh now a little bit further uh, they have today a uh, Kotaku source, Kotaku, uh, <laughs> indicated that the game may be more action-based than previous Quantum Dream titles. You know, like there actually might be gameplay in the game. Uh, <laughs> and that it may contain open world and multiplayer aspects. Again, you know, some actual gameplay uh, beyond like press X now. Now press it! Um, and then you die. So, you know, Quantic Dream uh, had, has opened a new studio. Uh, second studio in Montreal earlier this year to work hand in hand with the Paris studio rather than have separate games. Uh, you know, I'm already like a little on board with the Montreal studio. We've heard some pretty sketchy stuff coming out of the Paris studio the last few years with uh, management and David Cage and some of the inappropriate behavior that may or may not be going on. Now, there was recent 
uh, legal case that was like an appeal that was overturned for a certain employee who was complaining about conduct. But on the flip side, there was also like still a lot of stuff where it's like still seems like a weird place to work. So hopefully maybe opening a new studio in a different country, you know, in fair candidate here might uh, be a better spot for development. Matt, what do you think about this? How do you feel about Quantic Dream games? Are you excited for a Star Wars Quantic Dream game? I have a weird relationship with Quantic Dream games. So I didn't play any of them until much later. Uh, when I first got my PS4, which was, I don't know, that was now maybe 2016 or something like that. Yeah. I went all in on the PlayStation exclusive titles. So part of that was the bundle that was Heavy Rain and Beyond Two Souls together. Played Heavy Rain, thought I would love that game. Seems right up my alley, yeah. you know, with all the Heavy Rain and whatnot. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice noir detective. Yeah, yeah. and um, I think the game is absolute utter shit. I think yeah. Heavy Rain is a yeah. terrible, terrible game. It's a terrible story. The voice acting is terrible. The, <laughs> the gameplay is just awful. It is, I think it's objectively a a really bad video game and I don't understand why it gets all the love that it does. I really don't. And then I think beyond two souls is a much better game. I actually really love beyond two souls. I might like it better than Detroit. I thought Detroit was pretty good and obviously like technologically and gameplay wise, you can totally see how they are progressing because I think as a game, Detroit is better. I just, I just thought that beyond two souls was a really unique story and a really unique uh, concept so i really i do really like that game as far as a star wars game i'm really curious to see what quantic dream can do as far as opening up the world making it more action-based adding multiplayer like there's there's nothing we can go off of like we don't know how this would turn out because they haven't shown any of this in the past so it's interesting now, op- opening a new studio means you're bringing in a whole bunch of new people. So it's going to be a bunch of people who've never worked on Quantic Dream games before coming mm-hmm. in and, and now working on a Quantic Dream game. Star Wars, obviously, massive property. So do some things differently. I think this is a unique idea. I never would have thought that Quantic Dream would have got a Star Wars license. It just seems, seems kind of weird to me. I never imagined they would get a, an IP like that that wasn't their own. Right. I didn't think that David Cage would be interested in working with established yeah. IP, you know? And being told what, yeah, what kind of things are in the universe, what he's allowed to write. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. So I wonder if he's like, maybe not super hands-on on this project. Cross my fingers, maybe, you know, like just change it up a little bit. Yeah, which uh, is probably a good thing because the worst parts of, like, let's be honest, the worst parts of the Quantic Dream games are the the parts where... It's David Cage being super like ham-fisted about things and just real awkward writing, awkward dialogue, awkward like. I mean, there's weird shower scenes in every single Quantic Dream game. Like that's always strange. <laughs> so like, <laughs> yeah. I, hopefully, we don't have a Star Wars shower scene. I, I don't. I yeah. don't know. Um, do they do they shower in Star Wars? I've never seen anyone clean themselves oh, in Star Wars. Point. Or like, I've never point. even heard it really alluded to. Um, but I'm probably a noob. I bet you someone will be like, oh, and actually, you don't even have to dig that far. And Empire Strikes Back, Leia has a bath. There you go. Yeah. Um, that's probably true. I feel like on Hoth, you want to be having a lot of hot baths. 
So, you know what, my take here, I mean, so I'll say, you know, I feel like everyone really shits on, and I think there's valid reasons to shit on David Cage personally, but I feel like everyone really shits on, um, I I loved Detroit. And I feel like every time I see someone talk about it on Reddit, it's always ham-fisted, the worst writing, David Cage is the worst writer, this is like such a badly written game. game. I did not get that vibe at all. Um, now, I will say my first Quantic Dream game I played was Detroit. Uh, I then went back and tried to play Beyond Two Souls. For me, I didn't enjoy it that way, um, but only because I think the technological, the seamless, the way that the the movement and the game flowed like visually for me on Detroit worked really, really well. It mm-hmm. felt very next gen, like very, like it felt like, this gen almost like yeah. some of the the lighting and some of the things and the way it flowed it if you weren't looking for invisible walls it tricked you into feeling like it was this very very futury experience which i thought was really really cool um and then going to play beyond two souls which is like clearly good is more of a game i felt actually weirdly it was played a bit more and like playing with like the the, the creature thing or whatever in the beginning it felt it was kind of janky for me and threw me off and i just didn't I, I i should go back to it at some point but it didn't super sell me so yeah, I, I feel like, you know, obviously there's stilted writing and things like that, but I, I mostly liked it. I'm okay with more of this kind of stuff. Um, I'm I'm a little hesitant about more gameplay though. I kind of like the way they play. I like knowing what I'm getting is like, a, I, I like having these choices matter narrative stories where you just walk through and, and, you know, and you, you, you're on rails, but your choice kind of has something to do with it. Um, and you're obviously allowed to walk a little bit more freely in open areas where you're just kind of chatting. I really, really, really like that as someone who's not as good at games and kind of enjoys that experience. So yeah, give me more moving visual novels like that. You know, gameplay is cool, but I worry about them doing gameplay, not having had much experience with any <laughs> action really before, besides quick time events. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous that it could look really beautiful and then have very janky combat movements because that's not something that they're super honed in on, especially... You know, they just recently opened this new studio, even though they're 18 months into possibly working on this game. Uh, so, like, maybe this is something the old studio is working on more, which, you know, are, is that something that is a strength for them? I don't know. I think so. it's it's hard to have a game that has a bunch of choices and branching storylines and have it also be action-oriented and open-world. Like, a game's script can only be so big. Like, I don't know, like, there were there were pictures circulating back in the day of, like, the, the script for Detroit. And, like, you can only write so much before you kind of just have to say, like, okay, that's it. We, we can't do anymore, otherwise it's never going to end. Yeah. And I, I also, I, I, because of that, I also agree with you. I, I think David Cage does get a lot of shit as a writer that isn't necessarily warranted because it's really hard to write for so many different options and make them yeah. all be great. Like not everything is going to be great when you're essentially writing like 50 movies inside of one movie, like 50 yeah. different With, like, versions especially in Detroit, of the too, Like changing characters, changing perspectives, having like three parallel stories that are also have their own parallel versions of the story that can change in so many different permutations. Uh, that's a lot. Uh, and I'm not even saying like, but you know, I, I just thought it works. It is what it, it's one of those is what it is things, right? I just feel like, yeah, it's a bit stunted. Yeah. You know, this character is like, you know, seems like a Jesus allegory or whatever. And it's like, yeah, that's been done. But also it was kind of like, I don't know. I'm in for Android Jesus. Like that was fun. Like I'm, <laughs> I, I thought that was a cool story. It was moving. I, it doesn't have to be like, 
the most original thing. I, I, I don't mind a little bit of hackneyed writing. I just feel like everyone's like, you know, we'll throw it out because it's too on the nose. Things can be on the nose, okay? You know, like, <laughs> relax, everyone. Yeah, it's not like the stuff that, that people love in movies and, and books aren't often on right on the nose as well right like, like i just mean it's i just feel like it's not speaking of my my raccoon on my shirt i just feel like it's not trash i don't think it's trash writing like i feel like some people say i think it's just like kind of cliche which you know eh. even like even if it's not the best writing in the world at least they're like taking a stab at putting narrative into video games because to be honest for so long that was such an afterthought in video games until like mm -hmm. the late 2000s to be to be honest, around the time of heavy rain. Yeah. And that sort of brought this idea that like, no games can also have interesting stories and we're not. And sometimes that story can be the focus over gameplay. Yeah, like, exactly. you know, we can make something that is, we doesn't have to be, every game doesn't have to be the same thing. This can be an immersive, like interactive experience that isn't necessarily a game per se. Yeah. In the same way. Exactly. So overall, like this is interesting. Although to be honest, I would have preferred a a unique new original IP from Quantic Dream because I just yeah. think that whether the writing is good or not, you can have any opinion on that. The the concepts and the ideas from, you know, the highest level are usually still interesting. Like I think yeah. that's that's pretty pretty objective. They're usually interesting ideas. Yeah, I agree. I think there's yeah, very interesting stuff from higher level. Um, hopefully they can inject something interesting and unique into Star Wars. You know, it's like maybe they can take an interesting concept and put that into the Star Wars universe, right? So uh, hopefully, I will say as a last point that speaking of Star Wars being the IP that they're taking on, I feel like a lot of Star Wars writing, in fact, the original, pretty hackneyed, pretty cliche, pretty on the nose, a lot of homages to other stuff. So, I mean, I don't know. I think it almost kind of fits to have Quantic Dream and David Cage write Star Wars. I think that's I think that's kind of what Star Wars is built on. True, true. <laughs> I, and I think just in general, it's it's really nice to see new, studi new studios now having a shot at Star Wars. Now yeah. that the EA oh. exclusivity is over with and people can actually Love it. try their hand. At Star Wars, so that's exciting. Yeah. yeah, what was the quote I saw the other day? Is that EA uh, the wor the worst problem about EA Star Wars games is that they don't make any. <laughs> yeah, that was in the the wasted license is is that'll. I hope yeah. there's there could be a book about that. To be honest, yeah, and absolutely, it's an insane story. Yeah, it is. All right, let's move on. We talked about it for a while because it is freaking interesting, but we'll move on to something that might excite Matt a little bit too. Marianne Hayden, senior cinematic animator at Naughty Dog, announced on Twitter that the mocap sessions are underway. Now, in the photo of her post, Hayden is wearing a shirt for The Last of Us Part 2. What, what do we think this could be? Matt, give us your rundown of what you what what it could be and what you think it might be because I... I will say, I mean, my first thought is factions just because that seems to be the, the rumored multiplayer project, right? Because that's what they're talking about a lot. But I think there could be a lot of things, right? Naughty Dog is a big studio and I think they're working on more than one thing. Yeah, that's what I think it probably is for. I think it's probably for this Factions 2, Last of Us Part 2 Factions. I I think they're just going to call it The Last of Us Factions or just Factions or something like that. I th because I think it's going to be this standalone, all-encompassing yeah. multiplayer game that takes place in the last of us universe now it could be that it could be for the last of us remake which we know is is happening it could be for a new ip there's rumors of a 
a sci-fi IP uh, being developed at Naughty Dog. It could be for a new Uncharted, maybe an Uncharted 5 where Cassie Drake is now the main character. Who really knows? It, it's It's really hard to tell. Naughty Dog is always doing interesting things, but I think that this is likely for factions. Neither of the actors in the photo with her, at least to me, were recognizable. I didn't see anyone mention anything about them, so they're not like people that we know have worked in these other yeah. franchises necessarily before that would shine a light on anything. But yeah, if I had to guess, I think it's for this potentially very large factions project that that we pretty much know is coming at some point. Yeah, that makes total sense. I mean, they've been talking about that for a while. We've seen all the hints and stuff talking about their first big multiplayer project that's going to like be this massive thing. And, you know, I think people have been kind of waiting for this multiplayer last of us. You know, what does that look like? I know they had some multiplayer component to the first one, right? So I don't really, I'm not 100% sure of what the multiplayer in Last of Us would entail or what kind of gameplay that would actually, as a, as a non-narrative experience. I had played very little of it, but yeah. I know a lot of people really liked it. I just, yeah, console multiplayer shooters have never really been my thing. This did have a very dedicated fan base, though. There are a lot yeah. of people that are excited about this new Last of Us Part Two version. I do think yeah. it's going to be this probably games as a service type thing which is an interesting idea and something that i'm very excited to learn more about and yep. hopefully by the end of the year we hear something about it i don't know if we will or not but kind of itching to to hear something about it do you think uh yes or no this will be a ps4 game mm, good question because my thought is, yeah, we're thinking probably standalone, but also at the point this is getting pushed to, like, I mean, it's not pushed. I mean, it's just the point that we don't even know anything about it. It's probably going to be a little while out. You know, is this something they would cross, cross-gen put out? I think no, because it got so delayed, they probably pivoted and just said, okay, well, let's make changes that, that allow us to, you know, now that this is just going to be a PS5 game, now we can make some changes that are in line with just PS5. And I think it'll probably be wrapped up in a last of us Two like definitive uh director's cut whatever they end up calling it whenever that happens for ps5 that makes sense because i guess my main thought was like if it's kind of like a standalone but expanding on the two experience it feels weird to not come out on a console that like come out on a console that doesn't really have a last of us game mm -hmm. uh, it seems yeah. kind of funny to not like expand on that so but yeah if they come up with a definitive edition i think that makes a lot of sense too i i'm pretty confident in seeing it playing out that way yeah and also, you know, with chip shortage hopefully winding down in the next, you know, few months to a year, uh, it'll be a lot easier for people to get PS5. So anyone who's looking to play the next gen of Sony will hopefully be able to get it at that point a lot easier. Not saying it's impossible now, but it's certainly not the easiest thing. Uh, so hopefully that will be great. And then, yeah, it's kind of on you. Whereas I think now it's like a little bit, hey, if we come out with a game that's on PS5, the, you know, no matter how much you might have the cash up front, you still might have issues uh, being able to play the games you want. So. I saw something today about PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X were going to be sold at Best Buy for the first time in a while. I didn't look into it much. I didn't know if they meant like actually in store or or not. But regardless, if it's the first time in a while and it's whether it's online only or in store, I, I guess that's a good thing. That means that they're becoming a little bit more accessible. Yeah, it definitely shows up on Canada Best Buy websites very rarely, but they do get new stocks over a couple of weeks. And I think stores do get it sometimes, but uh, I think for the Series X, they have a space where it is never there. But I don't think for the PS5, they do actually when I've been recently. I think uh, it's definitely harder to get the PS5 still in Canada, I will say. I've seen Series Xs come up a, a few more times. 
All right. Well, we're moving on talking about Sony again, another Sony studio. Fire Sprite is hiring a writer for a new AAA narrative adventure game. Uh, so we're talking more about narrative adventure today, uh, but maybe actually some gameplay, the game in this one. Uh, we recently talked about how Fire Sprite has been acquired by Sony uh, and joined the PlayStation Studios family. Uh, and it's good to remember that Fire Sprite is a large 250 member dev team that was set up by former members of Sony's Studio Liverpool, known for popular games like F1, Wipeout, and Lemmings. So this is pretty exciting. Now, we did talk recently that they were talking about making a game-changing, huge multiplayer game. Uh, a lot of game in that sentence. Um, but they also were talking about making an ambitious, dark narrative blockbuster adventure. They really they have a lot of adjectives in there. Uh, and this is probably what they're talking about, since we're talking about a narrative adventure game. Matt, what's, uh, what do you think? So, I mean, they're hiring a writer. First off, I assume you've applied. Um, <laughs> secondly, um, is this exciting? Do, what do we think of an ambitious, dark narrative? I mean, it's pretty, you know, vague, but do we have confidence this could be something big? Maybe. I mean, it is a massive studio, so they have resources, and now mm. they have the culture and the vision of PlayStation Studios. So... I don't really know what to expect from this, but I think last time we talked about this, we said the ambitious dark narrative blockbuster adventure that, that literally sounds like a PlayStation game. The one key thing here, I think, is that this could potentially be VR or PSVR 2. I don't okay. really anticipate your average third-person narrative-based action-adventure game. They already have so many of those, and it really seems like sony with playstation studios is trying to branch out a little bit now like yeah. they are they have those third person action games like those are set those are good now we can go into like they've talked about multiplayer multiplayer yeah i think that vr is the next step that, that they want to get into especially ramping things up for for psvr2 and the way that they're teasing it out too, like they're not, they're mentioning, hey, we're not going to talk about PSVR 2 today, but like also mm -hmm. there's just a lot of talk about, you know, PSVR, but it's very hushed. There's not a lot of rumors. I think the fact that we're not hearing a lot about PSVR 2 and that we know it does exist in some form means it's going to be a big drop um, that they're keeping it close to the vest. Yeah. And some of Fire Sprite's most recent uh, experiences with PSVR. So... I think that uh, that that makes sense. You know, if they're trying to make some sort of big AAA narrative blockbuster for VR, maybe Fire Sprite's going to be leading that charge. Sounds really cool. I love that idea. Um, my one, I guess it's like early days, but also I do have like a little bit of a red flag in the sense that they're like looking to make an ambitious, dark narrative game. Like that I assume they have a bit of an idea for, but they're looking, they're like their job listing they're looking for is a writer. <laughs> Which seems yeah. kind of funny. So like they're not like, yeah. Not only is it like a ways off, but I feel like they haven't actually even like, like that's something you maybe want to have before you promise a dark narrative, ambitious game. Like you might have wanted to write a bit of the idea behind it, but you know, I guess there's concept and things like that too, right? So I mean, a writer's going to get in there and like flesh that out more. So yeah, it definitely feels like it's a ways off if we're getting the writers coming in. Studios do it differently. I d I know a lot of like gameplay concepts will be first like there might be like a general idea of what they want to do and then they'll develop yep. gameplay concepts and how the game's actually going to play and systems and stuff like that and then they'll bring in the writer to create a story around that so that gotcha. does happen often uh, different studios do things differently 
obviously it depends on how key the narrative is to what you're doing. Now, in this case, if it is a VR title, then story could be important, but they yeah. probably want to figure out the VR aspects first and what, what makes it, why is this a VR game? Like when, when I was going, for example, when I was getting an English degree and taking creative writing courses, part of it was like, okay, well, do you, are you writing this in the first person? Are you writing this um, in, in the third person? Is this an epistolary? You have to decide what is the, what's the best format for this, for, for this story. And so, you know, maybe they're deciding what's the best format for this game. Is it VR? Okay. It's VR. Now what makes it special and why is it VR? We'll figure that out. Then we'll write a story. Makes total sense. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. That's a, it's a fair point to bring up. I, I think if you're making, I've said this before, if you're making a VR game, I think that you need to explain why you need to like show why it's a VR game in the game. Like, I mean, I think there's a lot of experiences in VR that are not, you could have done this anywhere. Um, you know, really take, uh, you know, make use of those, those uh, resources. So that'll be cool to see. Hopefully if that is happening. Uh, moving on to our final story of the day. But before we do, I just want to remind everyone out there right now, if you're listening to this on a podcast app, make sure to pull over to the side of the road, get out of the shower, do whatever you got to do, and uh, get over to your phone uh, so that you can give this a five-star review on your podcast app or a thumbs up or whatever it is. We really, really would appreciate if you can do that for us. It helps us so much in the algorithm uh, and to grow as a podcast. So if you're listening at all and you've listened this far in, you obviously don't hate us. Uh, if you can give us a, a little kudos, that would be really, really appreciated. All right, moving on to our final story of the day. The Pokemon Company revealed Pokemon TCG Live App, a new mobile and PC app to play the trading card game. Pretty cool. Um, I, I think there was a system before, uh, mm -hmm. Pokemon Trading Card Game Online, which will be shutting down as this app replaces it. Um, so this new game will be free to play, but likely will include monetization. Uh, you know, I mean, most digital card games do have that uh, factor. If you look at Magic or Hearthstone or anything like that. Uh, and the game will soft launch here in Canada on mobile devices later this year, um, but will be available globally on PC. Uh, so, yeah, kind of cool. Um, I, I'll be honest, I played... Um, Yu-Gi-Oh! a lot as a kid. I think I played Digimon. I definitely played Magic an F-Ton. I never really played Pokemon. I, I, I collected Pokemon cards as a kid, um, but I never played it, which is funny because I actually think the gameplay for Pokemon is kind of similar to like Magic and pretty cool with like the elements and stuff like that. Um, and it actually looks pretty fun, uh, but I never played it. Maybe I will, maybe this would actually get me to play Pokemon cards and relive the childhood I never had when I didn't play them. <laughs> Yeah, Pokemon as a card game is a little bit different. When I was a kid, we played it a little bit, but for me, it was more about collecting the cards. Yeah, I played Yu-Gi-Oh more so like as the actual card game. Unlike that you, was great with Yu-Gi-Oh because they explain how to play the game in the show. Yeah, <laughs> which, that's which true. They're playing, they're playing the game in the show, so it really gives you that fantasy of you're doing what they're doing. Yeah, um, which yeah. Pokemon cards felt weird because I was like playing with cardboard versions of the Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, even though they would break the rules it, early on in the show, I feel like they got better later on. But I never played Magic really, like like you did. I didn't play any Magic until what is what's the new digital version, Magic Arena, MTG Arena. Yeah, yeah. so I've played that like a very little bit. Played a lot of Hearthstone over the last five or so years, or played a lot of Hearthstone. Yeah, I've played a lot of Hearthstone. I really like Hearthstone. I think it's probably my favorite card game in that sense. 
played a little bit of Legends of Runeterra. Really like it. It's just me too. since I'm an idiot, it's a little complicated for me. Uh, they really do spend a lot of time like magic where like you resolve certain things in order and stuff like that kind of like magic which is it's weird to see in like a in a digital card game you have to like think about stuff a little bit more in like the order of turns i don't like in, in card games i don't like how like i can have an offensive turn and then there's a defensive turn it's just yeah. too, I, I, it's too many turns that's why i like hearthstone where it's like it's my turn i do all my stuff your turn, you do all your stuff. And it's not like this back and forth. I understand there's more strategy in the other stuff. And mm -hmm. now Hearthstone, especially nowadays, has a lot of RNG to it. But, you know, see big numbers, see shiny, see stuff like that. It's all, it's all good. Well, right, that's the thing with Hearthstone, right? You pick who you're, you, who you're attacking, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's the thing with like MTG is like you choose to declare an attack and then the enemy can choose like who's blocking the attack they can either take it directly or they can choose the blockers and yeah block i think rune terror is the, and that, the and same i think way. rune terror does a very similar thing and yeah that that adds a lot of complexity complexity that i like a lot and actually find kind of hard to deal with in hearthstone um it's i mean hearthstone's really simple so it's not too bad like i mean at its base is simple i'm sure there's oh, a yeah. skill cap but uh yeah i find that kind of hard uh, to deal with actually but i mean that's that's a little bit too much uh, mechanics but anyway pokemon uh, always seem kind of interesting to me to play i'm this might actually get me to do it i know a lot of card games online uh, over the last few years have struggled to really come up with a good digital version i think seeing hearthstone and some of these other games take off i think a lot of vintage like uh, not very vintage but like a traditional card games like magic like pokemon like you know Yu-Gi-Oh have tried to have gone through a number of different apps from PC then to mobile to others to other things to try to to try to tap into that mobile for that digital first kind of vibe as opposed to just being a side project for the the cardboard and I I'm hoping to see I'm hoping that for Pokemon this is you know their their thing that's like MTG Arena right where they finally get it and they have like a good app and a good way to get into playing Pokemon I think a lot of people the pokemon game but i mm -hmm. i personally don't think it's like i i would put it below like everything we discussed as a card game i would probably put it below all of them i don't know why someone would choose to play pokemon over some of those other ones i just think pokemon that's why <laughs> i guess yeah I, I just think like magic is such a well-crafted card game and and legends of runeterra is so such a smart card game. If you were so first for anyone who's in who was like interested in trying a digital card game and hasn't, I would recommend Legends of Runeterra. If you go to that first from having nothing like going to that from Hearthstone was is what made it difficult for me. And then also apparently Legends of Runeterra is the mo the most free to play friendly. So I would go for that uh, if if you're making a decision like that. But yeah, I don't know. This Pokemon thing, it's weird. They had an app before. I don't really... I don't, I didn't check it out. I didn't look into it. I don't yeah, know like a, if it's yeah. this great overhaul or what. It's like I said, I think a lot of these companies... Magic had an app before MTG Arena. A lot of them had apps that were like meant to be, you know, Hearthstone but couldn't do it. Uh, and I think a lot of them have finally kind of found their footing and what makes them different and have made apps that work better. Again, like MTG Arena is different than Hearthstone is different than Rudgeon to Runeterra. And I think hopefully this Pokemon game could do that too. I think there is complexity to the Pokemon game. I am not aware of how, um, but I know that like the element systems and things like that can, you know, provide some level of complexity. I know a lot of people love the characters and the art style and things like that. So, you know, if that's something you're looking for, I think that's a cool thing to do. I just want a card game. I don't know. Maybe I think the, there's like Yu-Gi-Oh console games or something to do this, but I want a card game that does like in Yu-Gi-Oh where when you play your cards, you get like, crazy avatars on the screen of the mm. characters yeah there yeah, some new cool. games too. um I, I want like a i want like just like a like a free-to-play 
uh, open, non-narrative Yu-Gi-Oh game or something that does that, that'd be really sick. Um, versus having to like play a friggin' story for it. Just like just make yeah. it every card has a as a visual. It'd be cool playing Hearthstone and then all of a sudden like a goblin pops up on top of the card and is standing on the card or something. That'd be so cool. I know that's off topic, but that'd be that's <laughs> that would kinda, really I mean, getting back into it. That's almost like uh like auto chess and like uh, Dota Underlords and stuff. You're hundred percent right. That's very similar to playing like an auto chess or something, which I have been, by the way, playing Dota Underlords again recently, and it's a freaking blast. Nice, a lot of fun. I prefer Teamfight Tactics, but I'm trying to like play less Riot games lately. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what, Matt? That is going to be it for today's GG replay. I we talked a lot, but you know, realistically, it wasn't a whole lot to talk about. I think we had some great discussion though, um, and hopefully, everyone who uh, got bored can skip ahead. Um, for all of that. Now, before anyone <laughs> heads out for the day, just have a couple little things to tell you. First off, if you enjoyed this podcast, we do have an entire website, goodnightgroups.com, where we have a blog and videos and podcasts, including this one and including Game Grooves, our all-encompassing gaming podcast, which always comes out on Sunday. So if you did not listen to Game Grooves yet, make sure to head over to our website and listen to that ASAP. Um, we, I think our only weekday that we don't have anything coming out on is Tuesday. So, you know, tomorrow... Uh, you can listen to Game Grooves, and then you'll have new stuff to listen to the rest of the week, which is pretty cool. Um, in addition, uh, we also have links to all of our socials, TikTok, Instagram, uh, you know, all the good stuff, Twitter. Uh, so definitely head over there to check out all that stuff. There is exclusive content we do post there, uh, here and there. Uh, and also, if you're feeling very generous and you like what we do, we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash goodnightgroofs. We have a $1, $3, and $5 tier, the $3 tier. Uh, it's probably the best value, and that gives you uh, early access to uh, Game Grooves, the all-encompassing gaming podcast, on a th on a Friday instead of on the Sunday. So you get it a little bit earlier. You can coast into the weekend listening to Game Grooves, or maybe enjoy that Saturday while you're cleaning the house. I don't know what you all do on your Saturdays, um, but you could, and it would be fun. So if you if you feel generous, uh, we even just have a one dollar, like I said, just as like a little tip. Uh, to keep us going and maybe help us push us along to be able to make more fantastic content for y'all out there. Matt, do you have anything else to say before we head out for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm just going to go press X to Jason. <laughs> I don't get that one. What's that? It's a heavy rain thing. Like uh, when he's looking for Jason running through the, Jason! the mall, like, yeah, the yeah. button prompt is press X to Jason. Right. You're so right. Jokes are always funnier when I ask you to explain them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to be it for today's GG Replay for Monday, September 20th, 2021. If you're in Canada, get out and vote. Today is our federal election. And if you're in the rest of the world, just have a great Monday. And we will see you again back here on Wednesday. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Good night, groups.